Welcome to Help from Future Self. Howdy, Archons. Welcome to another episode of Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I am your Keyforge friend. My name is Scuzzy Gruen. I'm also called Alex, and I'm joined this week by one of my very best Keyforge friends. We've got Boulevard Blake. Hey, what's going on, buddy? And a brand new Keyforge friend, no less special for it, welcoming to the podcast for the very first time, we've got Blinking Line, a.k.a. G, one of the folks behind, and I believe the founder of Archon Arcana, a very, very useful Keyforge resource. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So uh, thank you very much, Blake, for setting this up because, boy, I would have not thought to talk to you, but the moment that Blake said that we were going to have you on the podcast, a ton of questions leapt to mind, specifically about running a community resource like Archon Arcana. Um, Before we get into talking a little bit about your own history with the game, could you sort of summarize for those who perhaps, and I can't even imagine that people listening to this don't know what Archon Arcana is, but just in case, can you summarize a little bit of what the aims of Archon Arcana are as a website and as a resource for the listener? So originally, the goal of the website was to sort of collect uh, rulings that FFG was doing either via like crucible casts or they were also, you know, putting out tweets and noticed, I noticed that there were, you know, just these rulings that were coming out that people were kind of being expected to know, but not every, there wasn't a good central place for all those kind of things to happen, like to where, to where someone could easily look those up. So I decided that, hey, this would be a thing that needs to happen. And um, I had seen a couple of other websites that had tried to do sort of like ruling databases and things like that. And I just saw like they would either fall out of maintenance, like people would stop maintaining them or they, you know, just not kept up to date. And so sort of like the goal for our site was to make it a more community-minded effort. So it wasn't just like a one-person like pet project and that if something did, heaven forbid, ever happen to somebody, you know, one person on it, somebody else could easily take it over. All right. So wh- why don't you tell us a little bit about your own history with Keyforge? When did you get into the game? What sort of struck you about it initially? And what got you involved to a point where you really wanted to be involved at a level where you're literally sort of running a de facto clearinghouse for online rulings and now so much more about the game? Uh, I got into the game. It's really funny. I uh, I was going to – there was a local – and I say local, uh, there's a game, I shouldn't say local because it's not local to me anymore. Uh, I grew up in North Carolina and I had a came, I would live there for, I don't know, a long time and had a really solid group of people that I would play games with. And there was a sort of like yearly, we had a yearly event um, called that board game thing. And it was in the summer and people would come and basically, you know, it's like a four day kind of event. There's like 200 people there. And it's small enough to where you know pretty much everyone who's at the event. So you could, you know, you got to know people or whatever. And I remember seeing um, a friend of mine, uh, Jake the Toro, had brought like a whole bunch of decks that had been scanned from Gen Con, the Gen Con preview of Keyforge. And I was like, 
what is this? I don't understand it. And he was sort of like, so imagine like magic, but you don't have to deck build. And I was like, okay, I've never played magic. Uh, never really been interested in it. Um, just because I felt like I sort of came into these kind of games a little later than, and, and just never got magic, never struck me, right. It never hit me. Um, but I always thought that the, the mechanics of those kind of card games, those sort of like dueling fighting card games was interesting. I like those interest me. Like I like games that have, uh, I like to call it like casual chaos, right? They have like this sort of, there's, there's a, some chaos to the game. There's a luck factor there. It's not a 100%, you know, I'm going to do this and this is my path to victory or whatever, but you've got like some factors that can come in and, and change the way that, game resolves so basically uh saw this game and i was like this sounds really interesting and this sounds like something i could get into so played a couple of games with his like printed decks you know his that he had like xeroxed or whatever and uh yeah and i was hooked i was like this is great this is really cool um came back home uh to california which is where i live now and Mm -hmm. started immediately like looking up okay where is this game going to be played where can i find out more about it and i found a great uh local shop in berkeley called eudaimonia and i just basically started showing up every week and was playing keyforge met a lot of other people who were in, you know interested in the game and yeah and so that's how so that's basically how i got started in it and then like i said essentially like the whole uh reason for starting Archon Arcana was just because I saw this, it was like a need that somebody that a need that needed to be filled. Right. And I was like, I could do this, right. I can do this. I sure. Why not? And yeah, just started doing some research into like software that might be able to help, uh, you know, help do this. And like, you know, definitely did not want to be doing it on my own, wanted to have like collaborators and things like that. And so yeah, and then eventually it, it just sort of like materialized and, and it became what it is today. That's awesome. I, I know that on this podcast, it is a great resource. Like any of the times we are doing any of those segments talking about houses or cards of a specific type, the filters that are available through the card gallery you've set up are instrumental to the success of us doing those episodes. So thank you so much for uh, creating just such a, a simple way for us to, to get the information we need. Oh, sure. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's always nice to me. It's one of those things, right, where you sort of like see that you, you know, you and your crew of people are putting together like this, what you think is a really awesome tool. And so it's always nice to ha- have people like say, Oh, you know what? I use that all the time. I use that every day. Uh, I love it when people will like, I'll be starting to explain something and they're like, Oh, well, did you know that on our, on Archon Arcana, it says this. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> does it? Oh, how about that? Okay. I'm, I'm sure someone who's very intelligent and very attractive wrote that. So. <laughs> so you can always say is look what it says now and it's just a picture of your face giving a thumbs up you know i would be sorely oh, tempted but it is such a, a an amazing resource for us as as blake said partially because you know there had been websites previous to arcana arcana like that had card galleries and things like that but the sheer amount of information on 
Arcana Arcana in terms of things like, you know, the history of the game, um, history of the individual sets, if you click into them, that gives you sort of like just a, a real rundown to the point where it acts not just as a resource for cards but and rulings, but also just like a general historical viewpoint of the game, which doesn't really exist anywhere, or where it does exist, it's very disparate. All that information is spread out across a million different platforms in a million different places. Is there sort of anything that you can think of that wouldn't really be part of Archon Arcana, or are you trying to capture literally everything about the game possible? Uh, yes, there is something. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, one of the things that uh, we made a decision on really early on was that we would not do, we would not record uh, fan-organized events. And a lot of people come to us and say, hey, what about... Uh, you know, this event, like uh, Keyforge Live, was a was a great event, and it was one of those things where we had to sort of make a decision about like what is what are we going to maintain as the community of of people of the sort of like contributors and maintainers of the site versus what can we give power to other like to fans who want to contribute, um, and it just with the small group of people that we work that we have working on the site, it was just not, um, it just wasn't feasible because we were, we honestly, it was a lot of, we were so afraid that someone would be offended. We're like, Oh, you didn't cover my event while as this other event, you wrote up this like, you know, huge article. And so we sort of decided to remain in a, in a, in a, we took a stance where, in an effort to remain neutral to everyone, we were like, that's, that's where we're going to not, that's the thing we won't cover is fan, mm. fan based, like fan organized events. And we love those events and we love seeing information that comes out of those events. But that's, that's our, that's kind of, as it stands right now, that's our only really hard line. Now, that being said, one of the other things that we did at the same time that we sort of made that decision was we opened up a space on uh on arcana kind of where anyone all you have to do is say i would like to write an essay about something that is keyforge related and as long as it's keyforge related we will give you a platform to write whatever you want provide you know we have some editorial guidelines but for the most part like if you just want to go on and on about why you know bulwark is better than bulwark Hey, write it. <laughs> we'll 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 give you that. We'll give you a platform to do it. And so, for people who uh, organize these fan based events, if there is interest and you want a place to sort of like record your history of the event of what you did, get in touch, and we'll you know I'll walk you through getting you an account on the site and showing you what you can do. And and even like if you want to write it and. I'll post it for you. We can do that. It's just, so we have a space where that can go. It just doesn't go in sort of like our main indexed database of key forward information. 
Now, a couple of times you've said we, and we know for a fact that, that Arcana Arcana is not a one-person operation, that you have a whole team there. This is an opportunity for you to give a shout-out to your colleagues at Arcana Arcana, but I'm also very curious about what that kind of division of labor looks like, um, and also sort of what the guiding principle of it in terms of who, who sort of calls the shots or how much of a sort of council or committee approach is taken to keeping the site sort of focused on what you want it to be focused on. Um, so sh sure, uh, to be fair, uh, since the game has kind of been on hiatus, like after the release of dark tidings and, and really because of the pandemic, we mm -hmm. are, are sort of like contributions that we have seen, uh, come in have been kind of on the lower side. Uh, but I, I definitely want to give some shout outs, uh, to coffee saga, AKA lady Kafina, who did, uh, a lot of work on, making the site actually look nice uh, because it's so the site runs on a, a suite of software called media wiki which is the same software that wikipedia uses mm -hmm. um, it's just like the open source version for making wikis and uh, it is not the most attractive software and she has done a great job in making it uh, much prettier than it was um as far as the card gallery goes, uh, and a lot of the more technical sort of like things that require a lot of scripting and things like that, uh, there's a contributor named Saluk who uh, has been has been around, and uh, he did a lot. He pretty much the card gallery was his idea and his like baby. So all of the your kudos to that go for go to him. Um, the other um, we have. Several other contributors, but one other contributor that I definitely want to give a shout out to is uh, is Dukman D U K M A N, who is uh, every week you see those stats of the Master Vault and you see the graph. Uh, if you follow Arcon Arcana on Twitter, you'll see that, and uh, he is the person who has been compiling those stats since the game started off of the Master Vault. So, wow, uh, and it's great. It's it's one of the it's personally it's one of my favorite things to look at is to see because it really gives you a good idea of the sort of like health of the game and a lot of people will a lot of people look at that and say oh well look it's sort of like leveled off here and i'm like okay yes you can say that that's the leveling off but keep in mind that's still every week five thousand over five thousand decks are being registered yeah, that's even in the, like, and that's and that's since the that's since the hiatus we've seen every week consistently at least five thousand decks a week get registered on the master vault. So, so for all you people who are like games dead, I'm like, eh, it's it. <laughs> I w I would say it's not dead. It's it's on a hiatus, and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have a, a couple of questions for you um the first off is when you enter the page you get to see three cards show up at the top and those cycle is there any sort of um synergy between those cards or are they just three random cards it is just three random cards <laughs> okay I'm, I'm only saying right now because there's like bring lows on here and primus unglis so i'm just like hmm that seems like a combo doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah no uh it's one of those things uh what is it there's a there's a condition that humans have that it's like they love to see patterns and i'm the same way i'll look at it and i'm like ooh, yeah i really i do like that uh there's also it's funny because that is uh based off of the uh 
the hand generator. It's it's right. styled after the hand generator that the Master Vault has, but it's just like we're gonna okay. throw three random cards entirely at you. And then the next question I had, and I'm hoping you'll be a little bit meatier into this topic. So I think it's a good one. Is you have a new player guide on your site, which I think is probably one of the greatest things that is not talked about enough. I know Call of Discovery are very good about plugging the new player guide each and every episode almost, I feel. But it is just a thing of beauty in terms of the simplicity of describing the game, the depth of which it is described, and then also the caveats that you need to be aware of as a new player. How, how did you go about creating this? Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Um, basically, that entire page exists because didn't exist before right and i mean that's <laughs> and so it was one of the things that uh early on the site wanted to be right was we wanted to be helpful to any player and uh i believe it was actually coffee saga who was like if we're going to be helpful to any player the players that we have to be the most helpful to are the new players because if you are helpful to new players, then they will become not new players and they're, but right. they'll still be players. So, uh, the impetus of it was a lot of, uh, her prodding me to write it. Um, and ah. then she kind of gave a lot of editorial input into that. Um, but yeah, that was it. We basically sort of like took the, uh, we, for a month, maybe a month and a half or two months, we basically would scour the Keyforge Facebook group, the Keyforge Discord, and the Keyforge Reddit. And we basically just sat and wrote down what are the top 15 questions that are coming up. And then we oh, answered okay. them. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm really impressed with just seeing how it all outlies everything in such a very like understandable way and ways to get people to like just really know how to kind of navigate the game if you're just starting out the only thing that i would say if that i would like to see here because i'm always searching for this to the point where i have like a browser open on my phone so i can always refer to it is the timing chart like the mm. graphic of the timing chart mm -hmm. i find that's something that i i regularly need to refer to when playing with someone new uh Okay, I can add that. We can definitely get that added to the. Uh, we can definitely get that added to the new player guide. Uh, it is if you go to the site, especially if you're on mobile, uh, it should be. Uh, if you and I, I want to make sure I'm not telling you a lie, so I'm actually doing this right now. But if you click that little menu in the upper left hand corner, on the mobile web page, it'll be the third link down. There's quick oh, links, perfect. and it's right there. So. In terms of new players coming into the game, let's let's talk about this this subject. So I think we're at an interesting point within the game and you having such a great resource for new players. How do you feel bringing new players into a game and hide? Do you think this is an ideal time because there is uh, the ability to not get lost? It's like you have the ability to catch up exists. Or do you think it's it's better for players to wait until maybe a new set comes out and then get into the game? I think that uh, I think that it's a good time for players to get into it exactly for the reason you said, right? It's a good time to be like, hey, you don't have to worry about a 
an onslaught of like new rules. You don't have to worry about an onslaught of new cards. The card pool is really still relatively small when you think about it. I mean, we're at less than 1500 cards in total. So it's not a massive like card database that you have to learn. Um, and then, you know, so, and, but that being said, there's still plenty out there to explore. I mean, it's still one of my favorite things. I love sealed. And I think that it's just one of the absolute best ways to learn the game is to play it in sealed and just see what you get. And you get that, you know, you get that sort of like actual, uh, feel of discovery, like, Oh, Oh wow. And you get to see combos, you know, for yourself for the first time. Um, and I also, I also think from a financial aspect, it's very, you know, it's already Keyforge at like 10 bucks a deck was pretty accessible, pretty friendly to the wallet. But mm-hmm. now the fact that, you know, people are putting the, you know, you're seeing like Age of Ascension, I saw somewhere like for $35 a display yesterday. And I'm like, okay, this is something that I could have, like when the set came out, I could have bought four decks now for less than that price of four decks. I can now buy three times that. So it's a, it's a much better time to sort of like acquire products, see if it's something you like. And I think that that is really maybe what we will see during the hiatus. The people who come in kind of during the hiatus are going to be people who are like, Oh, I heard a lot about this game. It, you know, I was doing other things. I didn't really want to get into another game. But now that it's cheap, let me see what it's about and see what it, see what, you know, see if it is something that I like and see if it is something that I want to follow when, you know, the game does come back. So it's the perfect time to hook people in. I think so. Gee, one of the things that Blake and Sydney and Rick and I always talk about is having something like this podcast is a good way for us to stay invested in Keyforge. So we all get busy in our personal lives. Maybe we have less time to play than we would like, or maybe we have other obligations that are taking up our time and our mental energy. But having something that sort of keeps you invested in the game that isn't the game itself is sort of an aspect of, of, of uh, you know, sort of doing this podcast. It certainly is for me, and I know from conversations with, with the other hosts uh, for them as well. Is there an aspect of Arcana Arcana that keeps you really invested in Keyforge? um i would say not not at the moment um just because what you know uh nothing is really sort of like because it's sort of like there isn't a lot of information that we need to add to it right now and that's sort of like where the big sort of like pushes and the big excitement around working on arcana arcana you know that's where that comes in is when there's new information there's new stuff to add there's new cards coming in there's new whatever um but that being said i uh play keyforge i don't know multiple times a week with uh my uh, local team the ancient bear republic um so we have like a fantastic like discord community there that is just anytime you want to get a game in and it's great you know it's and uh and again, these are all people that I didn't know any of them before we started, before this game came in. So I look at that and I look at like that team that we have going on now um, in ABR is just a, you know, that's what kind of keeps me going into Keyforge right now. Radical. Well, 
you know, it, it's one of those things where obviously we like to keep things very positive on this podcast. We have faith that Keyforge is is not, uh, you know, in the decline. It's that we're on a hiatus right now, and we've reiterated that numerous times. But one of the things that I think that keeps gives us a lot of hope is knowing that there's other folks who are passionate about the game and who have created resources that really help the community and can help, uh, you know, both existing and new players. Uh, with it. So thank you very much from all of us here at Help From Future Self uh, for all of your efforts with Arcana Arcana. It really has enriched both our Keyforge playing lives, but also I think the creation of the Keyforge content that we make. Sure, of course. And I, and I will say that one thing I do I would, I would, do on occasion um, that is just, I don't know, it's pure nerdery, is I just like to go through and like look at cards and like read through like weird stuff in the flavor text or like look at the weird stuff in the art and i mean that's just really interesting to me or find like something that's um that that maybe nobody or at least yeah that nobody has talked about in in a flavor text thing it's like oh have you ever thought about that this could be related to this thing or something like this that's that to me is like the weird and and that's the thing is like in the sort of like rush of getting things out to the site and everything like that you don't get it necessarily the the best chance to sit down and like, look at, Oh, what does this go? You know, why does this look like this? What is this trying to say here? Where's, you know, what is the reference that they're trying to make? Now, is that the source of the unidentified page on Arcana Arcana? For folks who don't know, that is the page where literally characters from flavor text that have not appeared on a card yet to the best of our knowledge are, are sort of brought out and given a little space where you can say, Oh, that might be something that shows up in future. Yep. So, so some of that shows up there. Like there's, um, there's the hint at, uh, a demonologist. I don't know the demonologist that's been hinted at in other character, you know, in other things. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see if that character ever shows up. Um, but then it's also things like, uh, there's a weird thing in the flavor text of the horsemen, the four horsemen, right? Iconic, uh, iconic, cards from the first set and they have uh there's if you if you look at them sort of in series they they have a thing that it's like uh one brings tainted gifts one brings uh no uh one takes away one brings death and then there's a weird one that is one comes to antagonize and you're like oh wait that doesn't make any sense and it's a very, very, it's a weird thing because if you go back to the original, like if you look at how the card data comes out, uh, the Horsemen of War, if you look at the, how the card data comes off the API, the flavor text is completely different. The flavor weird. text, yeah, the flavor text in off of the API makes makes that whole set make more sense because it's one brings tainted gifts, one. Uh, one takes away, one brings death, that's the horseman of death, and the horseman of war says, and one only comes to slay. So they changed oh. that flavor text between the time they loaded the cards into the uh, the Master Vault and the time that they actually printed the card. So it's just a weird thing, and that's that's not something on that's actually on... on uh, Arcana Arcana anywhere. It's just something that we noticed, and I remember we had to we had to go and fix it because pe- someone mentioned, "Hey, your flavor text doesn't match what's on the card art," and I was like, "What?" And I went back, and yeah, so that's that's one of the weird ones. 
Oh, I so think cool. one of my yeah. Uh, but then there's also like other like weird little in jokes in the, um, like in uh, like Bone Saw, Bone Saw's flavor text is uh, so Bone Saw. If if you don't know, uh, Bone Saw was a character in the very first. I think it's the first the Spider-Man yeah. movie. First Raimi Spider-Man, as played yep. by uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage. Rest in peace, Randy Poffo. Yeah, and the flavor text for Bone Saw says the most savage demon I've ever encountered. <laughs> Just like weird little thing, like that's the sort of like weird little nuggets I like to find in you know when you're just sitting being nerdy and looking through your database all the day. And so. also, you know, a reference, of course, to Bonesaw's famous catchphrase, Bonesaw is ready, of course, <laughs> exactly. in that card's ability as well, which has cracked me That's up and continues cool. to crack me up. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, G. Uh, we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. This one is called Help, Help from, future, from self. future Self. Blake, have you got one for us this week? I do, and it's quite relevant to what we're talking about today, and that is Archon Arcana. And so while exploring Archon Arcana for this episode, I discovered a really neat aspect, which is you can actually look your own deck name up and see all the rulings and stuff that are attached to that deck. And within that, it says, like, I chose one of my decks that I took to Vegas, and it says Top 16 Las Vegas Vault Tour, which I thought was pretty cool to see. And then it has the erratas on there, which you can learn. But then there was an FAQ on here, and this is where I learned something new that I did not know. And it was about Ronnie Wrist Clocks for some, for some reason. I don't know why this is here, but it existed in here. I don't see how Ronnie has to do with it, but it's really cool. It's a little niff thing that I learned. Do you know what I'm going to say, G? Um. Okay, so it says I have oh, a Ronnie oh, wrist clock. Is it, is it that Little Niff's neighbor doesn't have to survive? Yes, I did not know that Little Niff's neighbor does not have to survive a fight to steal steal the ember, which made me realize that if you line up your creatures properly, you can literally go one after the other and kill them and keep stealing ember from fights like like repetitively, which I thought is just like the coolest thing to to be able to do and makes me value Little Niff both as something my opponent has and something I have more so than I have in the past. And I just think that's fantastic. And this is, again, why something like a resource like this, where you can find a deck you play a lot, plug it in here, and maybe you might learn something new about your deck that you didn't know before. Tremendous. All right. You can find us on Twitter at HFFS Podcast. You can find me online at Scuzzy Gruen on The Crucible. G, where can they find you socially? Uh, it can be found at, uh, obviously you can reach me through Archon Arcana through the website. I'm also on discord at, uh, I am blinking line hashtag zero, zero, zero one. And what, what is the URL for Archon Arcana? Just on the off chance people have never been before. <laughs> it's Archon Arcana.com. A-R-C-H-O-N-A-R-C-A-N-A.com. And Blake, where can they find you? And what have you got going on? Well, I'm producing whole new content now for my youtube 2022 is in full swing yeah the whale hunt has been a, a very popular one and if you missed it i also uh had blinking line on a good old crucible and cognac where we talk about 
G's role as more of the de facto online judge and getting into the game. And it was honestly, the game was pretty wild in itself that we had, never mind the exciting interview that it, that happened as well. It was a great game. And I will let you know that deck now has that deck that I played let me down three times this week. So, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> a rough week. <laughs> yeah. G, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you here. Do you think you might join us sometime in the future for another conversation about Keyforge Arcana, Arcana, and all the things related to those topics? Of course. Just let me know when you want me back. Wonderful. All right, we got to get out of here. We'll be back at you next week with more casual conversation about Keyforge. Until then, stay fortunate.